Welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron. And today we have another returning guest on the show, live from Port St. Lucie at the Mets Get Ready Camp. It's Paul Gervais. Paul, we spoke to you at Brooklyn last year, and that was just the beginning of what turned out to be an incredible season for you. Um, but just to start off, what is it like being in PSL right now? How's Get Ready Camp going? Uh, it's great. Uh, the vibes are high. All the guys are in here getting uh, ramped up, getting ready for the season. Uh, I think everyone's just trying to focus on staying healthy and uh, getting ready to have a big-time 2024 season. So, Paul, I guess you could say the offseason's kind of over for you guys. You're down there in PSL. You're working. Talk about your offseason. What was it like, especially after such a great 2023 season? What were some of the things that you worked on this past offseason? Uh, yeah, my offseason was awesome. It was uh, I split my training time mainly between uh, – I was at LSU for a good amount of it, and then I was at home in North Carolina for a good amount. Uh, the main thing that I worked on was definitely uh, command, as you probably could have guessed, just like trying to be more consistent, throwing a uh, fastball slider over the plate, and then uh, developing my splitter more so where I can use it as a legitimate weapon this year. And uh, that's been coming along pretty nicely, so I'm excited about that. And, yeah, so just pretty much everything for me just centrals around command. I feel like if I throw my best stuff, then it's not going to get hit. So it's just all about uh, throwing it over the plate for me. So, Paul, what's it like to be back in PSL right now and just getting back to work with some of your teammates? Uh, I know you said Blade Tidwell is just a few feet away from you. Some other guys are over there right now. How's it to be back with the fellas? Oh, it's awesome, man. I love Love hanging out with the guys, Blade, Stu, C. Scott, Dom, Mike, like all these guys. We've all been hanging out, you know, just enjoying the area, enjoying the warmth, except for C. Scott. He's from here. But uh, so we're all just enjoying the weather and, you know, having a good time. Playing putt-putt tomorrow together, just all that stuff. So John and I are going to be coming down there in a few weeks. Um, what are some things we can look forward to doing? Like, what are you doing in your free time that is good for any fan coming down for spring training to know? What fans are doing in their free time is probably a lot different than what we are doing. We're playing a lot of Madden, just hanging out. Uh, I guess we go to Pop Stroke a lot. That's a good spot. We go to uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. We go there a lot to eat. It's a good spot. Uh, outside of that, I think Stu and uh, Cam Foster play a lot of pickleball. Like, But other than that, I don't really know. Oh, I like to hear that. Vito and I need to get on the pickleball yeah. court. Vito and I, that's one thing I, I've been I've been meaning to tell you, Vito. You and I have a date with some pickleball when, we, uh, when we're together down in PSL. Paul, do you play pickleball? Because, I mean, with your wingspan, I feel like you would crush the kitchen. I've played like once or twice. I'm not like incredible at it but it, i mean it does come decently naturally because i feel like i'm a decent athlete so it's uh it's not yeah. terribly I, hard I feel, I feel like it's the kind of game that if you have if you can move laterally uh it, it's it's good for everybody i feel like that's why it's taken off in popularity um paul you mentioned yeah. a lot of guys you were on the rumble ponies with last year of course you started the season in brooklyn you wound up in binghamton you guys had an incredible run you beat Somerset in the in the playoffs. Just talk about that experience, and especially for you, coming in after Dom Hamill's gem in game two and getting the last five outs in that game and going through some really, really good Somerset Patriots bats. Just talk about all that. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Once I, uh, once I got to Binghamton, uh, just to, like, settle in with all the guys, it was a lot of fun. Uh, going in every game, it was pretty much one or two runs 
or less on the board every time I'd come in because our starting rotation was unbelievable. So it was a lot of fun just to like challenge ourselves to continue to hold the lead every time it was uh, every time it was close. And then when you're following up Blade or Dom or Stu or C Scott or Moreno, any of those guys when they were shoving, it was important that you held it. You didn't want to be the guy that blew the lead. And uh, once we uh, once we faced Somerset, I mean, crap, that game was so much fun. Dom was – that was one of the best pitching performances I'd ever seen. Dom was just lighting it up. And uh, in the bullpen, uh, we were just stretching, staying ready, and uh, they called my name. And uh, I think I came in runner on third, two outs, and I was like, there's no way I'm messing up Dom's shutout right now. <laughs> so we tried to get that guy out. And then once we got into the ninth, it was just one batter at a time. And thankfully, I was able to get it done. And we got to pop some bottles. It was super fun. I was watching the game, and I actually went back to watch the final out. You shook Augustin Ramirez out looking. And there was one thing that stood out to me from that sequence. You brought your hands to the belt, and you kept them there seemingly a little bit longer than you usually do. And you took a deep breath, and then you fired a fastball that you froze him with completely, strike three, game over. And I was watching this morning, and I, I was wondering when I saw that, what was going through your mind? in that very moment it looked like a very cerebral calm moment and then you just threw the ched and you totally froze him and the ponies advanced uh throw the ball over the plate no matter what don't walk him because the tying run was on deck <laughs> this is three two i was like i gotta throw a strike right here that was pretty much it i wasn't really thinking too analytically i was just like hey throw it over the plate maybe maybe let my defense work or punch him out and i i think that was I, I think originally I, I he Sanger put down fastball and I shook and <laughs> he just looked at me and he put down fastball again and I was like, oh okay. <laughs> and I threw a fastball and, and it worked. <laughs> strikeouts were anything but a rarity for you last year. Your thirty-eight point six percent strikeout rate was tied for seventh among all minor league pitchers with at least fifty innings pitched. That's a pool of twelve hundred and ninety-six pitchers. Did you just feel something clicked for you this year because you were absolutely filthy? Uh, yeah, it was uh, – I think the biggest thing was, first of all, people were pretty off balance because you never knew kind of what you were going to get. And during spring training last year, I was uh, anything but nasty. I was – I couldn't throw my slider for a strike to save my life. And it was like my last outing of – spring training, I FaceTimed one of my pitching coaches that I had, like, talked to my whole life, and I was like, dude, give me a slider grip right here. Like, I got nothing working for me. And he goes, here, try this. And then it was nasty in that outing. So then I just kind of used the same thing throughout the year. And I think having two true offerings and then given the fact that it's very different facing someone who's my height and hitters don't really ever see that, I think helps. And uh, – throw enough strikes and thankfully I was able to put together a pretty good year on top of being dominant, especially generating swings and misses. And I don't want you to take this as a jinx because it's not, we don't believe in jinxes here on future of flushing, but you allowed just one home run. I think you know where I was going. You allowed just one home run in 57 innings of work last year between single A and double A. So how are you so effective in keeping the ball in the park? Ah. Uh... I mean, I don't know. I gave up three in spring training last year. Like I said, it was brutal. But uh, I think once the season came in, my biggest thing was, dude, like I don't really know. I just kind of throw it, and if they don't hit home runs, it's pretty sweet. Uh, 
I'm trying to think. I, I try to work above the belt, and I get a lot of swing to misses up there. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I'm trying to think of, like – I mean, I don't throw a sinker. I don't throw any, like, traditional pitches that, like, don't give up homers. I think I just – I mean, I was able to miss bats a good enough amount, and they didn't hit homers, which was sweet. And the homer I gave up was on a splitter, which I threw, like, 3% of the time last year. So that was really frustrating. But that would be the one pitch I'd want back from last year. Then, uh, other than that, though, yeah, I mean, I just, I just pitch. I gave a, I just don't really try not to give up homers, especially when you're closing. Like that can make or break the game usually if I give one up. So, yeah, I, I wish I could give you some big analytical answer, but I don't really know. <laughs> well, I wish I didn't have my dog Cooper here over my shoulder barking, getting involved. So I apologize for that. I was hoping this wasn't going to happen, but hopefully he's a good boy the rest of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> well. Paul, you don't you don't just pitch well, but you also pitch effectively, and you also go out there for innings. I mean, you recorded at least six outs fifteen times last year, two outings with nine or more outs recorded. How do you feel you've grown in that role, and how do you feel about the endurance you've built up? Uh, yeah, that was one thing that they really highlighted for us relievers at the beginning of the year is the ability to get span across multiple innings and maybe even see the lineup more than once. So they want us to be able to not only just be a seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy, but to be able to, if the starter gets knocked out early, to be able to cover two, three, four innings if we can and stay effective throughout that. So if I continue to uh, maintain my stuff through each inning, they would keep sending me back out there. But uh, for me, it was like when I was in college, it was all about seventh, eighth, ninth inning. That was it. Like that, those were going to be the innings I would come in the game. And once I got here, I got to learn how to cover not only the end of the game, but the beginning and middle and uh, be able to use my stuff effectively more than one time through the order. So when you do go out there and you retire the side in order and then Skip says, hey, you're going you're going to face the next three and you go back to the dugout. How do you keep your mind fresh? Is that a challenge to sit kind of cool off and then go back out there and heat up again? Uh, yeah, I kind of just I'll look at like who the next couple hitters are uh, do up with the pitcher with the pitching coach I meant. And then normally I'll just kind of sit down, and then when there's like one or two outs in the inning, I'll get on the uh, get on the fence and kind of like watch the game, cheer my teammates on. Because I'm not big on like you know a lot of pitchers have like the zone. Like I'm not going to be just sit there and like have no one talk to me because I think that's kind of eyewash. Like I just I just kind of go up there and cheer on my teammates, and then when it's my turn, I just go out there. I actually I actually got a funny story when in that Somerset the finals uh, <laughs> got the last guy out in the eighth inning. And then during when we were hitting in the top of the night, uh, I'm up on the top step just talking to one of my teammates about something. And then <laughs> Dom comes up to me. He's like, Paul, you got to focus. Like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, like, I got this, man. Like, I'm not just going to sit there and just think about the inning for the whole time. And then when I eventually got the guys out, uh, we <laughs> he was laughing at me about after the game. So it's funny stuff. Obviously, when you guys are pitching, you're not paying attention to what's going on, on the scoreboard. But one big thing in minor league baseball is the strikeout batter of the game. Do you ever take yeah. note of that? Uh, I see it. It's more of a bigger thing with like our hitters. They'll be they'll get the thing like it'll be them for the game, and they'll just like be like, "Oh crap!" Like we had this Jinx Amir in Brooklyn. Like we had a couple of guys that were the strikeout batter of the game when we would play in uh, Hudson Valley. And they would all of them like end up striking out like one time or more. And they would all of them would like be like, we need to talk to whoever's doing the PA system. Like, don't make me the strikeout hitter. It wasn't like I guess we would hear it when we were pitching at home, but it wasn't 
I didn't really register like anything with that. But the hitters, it was like a big thing. They were like, do not make me that batter because it was like a jinx thing that they, they, they <laughs> Last year's in the, in, the, in the history books. We're looking forward to 2024. Tell us, what are your goals for this upcoming season? What is Paul Gervais seeking to accomplish in 2024? Uh, I want to help the uh, Mets win as much as possible, whether that's in double A or triple A or in the big leagues. That's my plan. Obviously my goal is to make it uh, to the big leagues this year and to stick and not just be a guy that's like up and down. I want to make it and I want to be good enough to stay there. Uh, so, but until that happens, I will, my goal is to help the Binghamton Rumble Ponies or the Syracuse Mets or wherever I'm at and help them win as many ball games as possible. Cause I mean, at the end of the year, my first two pro seasons, we've made it to the finals. It's, I mean, it's just so much fun, more fun when you win. The vibes in the clubhouse are so much better. So I would say my goal is always to just win. And if the team's winning, that usually helps with personal success. And that right there leads us to our next question. Because in 2022, you were on the mound when the St. Lucie Mets celebrated a championship. And in 2023, there was another dog pile on top of Paul Gervais when the Rumble Ponies beat the Somerset Patriots. So is there something about you getting final outs and championship series? And can we expect that in 2024, possibly? I hope so. Hopefully it happens in uh, late October of 2024. But, uh, yeah, I, I like to think that that uh, goes along with it. I think also think it's a testament to uh, my draft class in 22 and also the 2021 draft class and how great we had great people and not only great people but great players and we had a great blend of talent we all got along and they set the stage before we even got drafted in st lucy they won the first half and then our draft class me blade kevin Stu, like all those guys we were able to help bring the championship home and then in binghamton once a bunch of us got called up halfway through the year we were able to help rally win the second or get second in the second half clinch playoff spot and then finish it off. So I just think we got a great group of guys and it speaks to a testament of how great uh, the Mets have drafted the last couple of years. Paul, I want to ask you a completely non-baseball question now. Where you are right now, you share, uh, I believe you probably share a parking lot with a restaurant you're familiar with, correct? Oh, with Olive Garden? Yeah, it's right across the road. Have you taken the boys there and been like, look, this used to be my domain? I do. And then like, I think they think I'm judging the server the whole time. Because, like, I'm, like, kind of noticing what they do. And then I have my little card from when I work there, and then I get 25% off for everybody at the end, and it's electric. Paul, I mean, me and John, we're going to be right across the street from there. I mean, I think we're going to hit you up to go get some bread bowls and some uh, pasta Alfredo dishes while we're there. Yes, sir. Sounds good, man. You let me know. <laughs> what, 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 what was that? I couldn't see that card. What, what was just flashing? That was my – uh, Darden employee card because it was uh that was oh, like a fair Oh, this man's legit. <laughs> so I show him the card and then I I get the discount. It's pretty sweet. Dude, did you do you tell other guys about that before you get there? Or do you just drop that at the end of the meal? Because I feel like if I was on the team, I didn't know I was getting twenty five percent off, and then Paul Gervais just dropped that. I would be ecstatic. No, yeah, I I mean I told the first time I did it, it was me, uh, Blade, and Tyler Stewart. And we went there and I, I told them about it and they like didn't believe me. And then I did it at the end and we got it and they were like freaking out. They were like, oh, let's go. They were fired up. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> Paul, which of your teammates do you think in one sitting could hammer the most free breadsticks and salad? Blade. Definitely Blade. Blade can, Blade can eat a lot of food, which like he's not like overweight or anything like that i mean the dude he really takes care of his body but he could put down food unlike anyone i've ever seen 
definitely Blade for sure. Paul, I do have one last question. Jaden Daniels, where does he rank amongst all the quarterbacks in the class? Let's hear it. One, number one. What type of question is that? That's the Heisman Trophy winner. He went to the best school in the country. He's number one. I had for a sure. feeling you were going to say that. All right. I had a feeling you'd say that. We'll see how it goes. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. I mean, that's that's uh, that's the scouting report that I don't think anybody expected to get on Blade Tidwell in this interview. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for just taking the time to sit down and talk with us. And um, it's just uh, we're 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 really excited to watch your journey continue and see what you do this year. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it.